0: This is Physician to Physician Plant-Based Nutrition. I'm Tracy Cushing, an emergency medicine physician. I'm also a mom, a wife, four-time Ironman, and I've been plant-based for 11 years. And I'm Eden English. I'm an
1: internal medicine physician, a hiker, a skiboarder, a mom, and I've been vegan for the
0: last five years. We're passionate about helping other doctors learn the science behind plant-based eating so they can help their patients develop sustainable, healthy eating habits. Each
1: episode, we're breaking down the science behind plant-based eating and answering the questions we know most doctors have and most patients ask.
0: Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Tracy Cushing. And I'm Dr. Eden
1: English. Thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate it. We thought it'd be fun to start off by just giving you a quick, what did you eat last night? So Tracy, what'd you eat last night?
0: Yesterday was my daughter's birthday, so we made a vegan chocolate cake with chocolate frosting, um, vegan Mm -hmm. chocolate buttercream frosting from the cookbook, Vegan Cupcakes Take Over the World, which is my favorite dessert, vegan dessert book ever. And we made a delicious um, curry for dinner with coconut milk, curry powder, Uh, cauliflower, green beans, um, some garbanzo beans, and just a bunch of veggies from the fridge, basically threw them in a wok and served them over rice. And it was fantastic. That sounds fantastic. My daughter's birthday is actually this
1: weekend and we're taking her out for vegan sushi, which is one of our favorite things to go out for. So most of the sushi restaurants will do plant-based rolls. And those are really great. We're taking her out there and then we'll make her some cakes. I'll tell you about it on the next podcast. Awesome. So today we wanted to cover a couple of bigger studies that really show the the health benefits of vegetarian or vegan diets.
0: Today's topic is a review of some of the larger general nutrition studies that look at sort of all food groups and all types of diets on mostly all-cause mortality and some specific Uh, disease processes. And nutrition data, just to be clear up front, is very, very difficult to collect. Most of it is retrospective, personal recordings of what folks eat. And it's hard to do research on that without a bunch of other co-founders coming in. However, we feel that these few studies are representative of some of the better nutrition studies out there. And they have enough patients included in their meta-analyses to actually show some significant benefits of eating less meat and eating more plants. So for our first real science episode, we figured we'd just kind of drill down on some of the findings from these studies. And the links will be in the show notes if you would like to read the studies for yourself. Exactly. And just to to pile on to what Tracy said, I mean,
1: the diet research is hard, but we really are looking for studies that have big patient numbers, large numbers, and that they did their best to remove the co-founders. There's all kinds of issues in getting this data, but we really think these studies have done a good job of pulling out the important facts, uh, reducing co-founders where possible, um, and really getting at the heart of the data. There's a lot of Review studies so multiple studies are included in, for example, the food group study or the beyond meatless where they're compiling a bunch of other slightly smaller studies to really try to find out if there's differences. And this stuff takes time too, so we'll talk about one study, the Adventist study that only looked over six years and they don't see as big of a difference. If you look for longer time periods, the diet has more of a time to make a difference. So just remember that as you're looking at these diet studies, there may be some things that show in one study or not another. It's difficult to get at this data and you really have to look at large numbers of people that follow these diets for large periods of time to really see what you're getting at.
0: That being said, there are some themes in all of the studies that show that as you move from a processed meat based, truly American diet all the way down to a vegan diet on that continuum, as you consume less animal products, you have health benefits. And there is a pretty clear link in stronger and weaker ways, but among all of these studies along that general continuum. And certainly none of them showed any detriment whatsoever to a plant-based diet. Exactly. So I mean all the studies we're going to talk about, they show that it's better to
1: be vegan. It's better for your health. And in in several of the studies they actually carried Talk about the environment as well. But I think we can certainly go into more detail separately about eating less meat is definitely better for the environment. And we also show again and again, it's better for your health. It's not an absolute slam dunk. Vegans don't live forever, but we live a little bit longer. And it's worth thinking about what you're eating and how that affects your health. So one of the ones I brought it up in our first episode, but one of the studies we want to talk about today is the food group study. The food group study was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, um, and it really takes a look at the 12 of the major food groups across multiple other studies, showing whether it increased mortality or decreased mortality to eat more of this. And the food group that came out on top was actually whole grains, and I really do like to talk about this in particular because whole grains are best with a 25% reduction in mortality with increasing your intake to 100 grams a day. And I bring this up and highlight it so much because so many of my patients come in and tell me, I'm eating a healthy diet. It's very low carb. And I always try to get more details. Are you low carb? Are you avoiding all carbs? Because if you're not avoiding whole grains, you're doing yourself a big disservice. So that's what I really like to break down. And Uh, Corollary to that, in this study, refined grains were actually neutral. So low carb is probably not the best diet for your patients. And certainly you at least want to make sure they're eating plenty of whole grain carbs. So things like quinoa, um, whole wheat products, um, oatmeal, fresh fruits, things like that are so healthy for you. And you don't want to eat a zero carb diet at the expense of whole grains.
0: And I particularly found the most notable result were the linear response between mortality and meat consumption, particularly processed meat. And it was pretty stark Um, and was even stronger than the benefit of eating whole grains. It was really the detriment of eating processed meat and meat that showed a clear reduction in all cause or increase in all cause mortality um, among everyone. And I was Uh, Also happy to see a strong reduction in mortality uh, relative risk for nut consumption as well, which lots of vegans eat, which is great. Um, And ultimately they concluded optimal consumption of most of the good food groups, whole grains, fruits, and vegetables could potentially lead to an 80% reduction in relative risk of premature death from diet. If people just move to eating more of those sort of good 12 category food groups versus the negative ones, notably processed meat and and uh, meat. I couldn't agree more about the
1: processed meat. It showed it was really lethal with a 60% increase in the all-cause mortality with increasing your intake up to 200 grams a day. So that's the other one I hit hard from this study with my patients is, is bacon is lethal and we know it. So is sausage, ham, pepperoni, these are the processed meats. These are the things that are going to kill you if you eat a lot of them just like smoking cigarettes, how often should you do it? Really the answer is never. So take that home, if nothing else, eat less processed meat, eat more whole grains. And like Tracy said, nuts were great in this study too. So where do you get your protein? Try nuts.
0: And it was a meta-analysis of 266 studies. So not a small data set um, that they used to look at this. And the results were pretty consistent with a dose response curve between eating whole grains, vegetables and fruits, and reduction in all-cause mortality. So the next study, uh, you may have heard about the Adventist dietary studies, and there are a series of studies looking at the Seventh-day Adventist population, which is largely vegetarian. They also typically don't smoke or drink alcohol, and they tend to have other healthier lifestyle choices than the average American. Uh, but nevertheless, the large majority of them eschew eating meat. And so the data from this group has provided a lot of really, really robust data on the effect of eating less meat on health. And so the one particular study, the Fraser study um, that was published in JAMA in 2013, um, has a notable exception of being an actual prospective cohort study, which is pretty unusual for nutrition literature. And they were looking at hazard ratios for all-cause mortality in 73,000 Seventh-day Adventist subjects, which is a huge number of subjects from which to draw data. Um, And they standardized to account for age, sex, smoking, alcohol, exercise, and education to try to remove some of those additional variables that we know can affect health. And of that population, 7% were vegan, 29% were lacto-ovo vegetarians, 10% 10% were pescatarian and 48% were non-vegetarian. So that was the population that they were looking at.
1: And it really showed that no matter which kind of vegetarian you were, you were going to be better off than even the Adventists who, as Tracy said, have a pretty healthy baseline diet relative to standard American. So that was one thing that really stood out. They're, they're comparing whatever kind of uh, vegetarian you are in the study, lacto-ovo-vegetarian, which means you eat eggs and dairy, or pescatarian, which means you eat eggs, dairy, and fish or vegan, which means you eat none of that, or semi-vegetarian, which means you eat it occasionally. They're comparing all of that to Adventists, who the ones that do eat meat still don't eat meat like regular Americans. So this showed that even people that have a fairly healthy baseline diet, you can do even better by going vegetarian, and then even better by going vegan. So you sort of stepwise saw some improvements in various disease states. And I mean, a couple of things, the men do tend to have better outcomes than women. And I obviously don't love that because I like for women to have better outcomes, but the women still had reductions. It was just more pronounced for the
0: men. Which might mean that the men were more unhealthy at baseline and therefore had farther to go with dietary changes. So it could just mean that the women were healthier at baseline. So that might not be a bad thing.
1: (laughs) Very true. Very true. And I like that they show that even when you normalize for BMI, so vegans and vegetarians tend to have lower BMIs than our counterparts, but even when they normalize for that, it was still better to be vegan. So that is not the only issue. They were able to take out that co-founder in the Orlick study. Um, And and the only thing that I I mentioned here early in the podcast about this was it's only a six-year follow-up. So I think if they continued this study out further, they might have even bigger gains, bigger swings. Um, because they were looking at people 25 years and older. So obviously we don't expect much mortality in a 25 year old followed for six years. So if we have more data down the road, I suspect it will show more favorability to the vegan or vegetarian diet. Um, But I think this one did a great job.
0: And also remembering that we're comparing this to seventh day Adventists, not to standard Americans. And so the difference in health benefits might be even larger On a typical, more unhealthy baseline American diet. Absolutely.
1: And I I love the Beyond Meatless study too, because that is a meta-analysis of all the Adventist studies. It's still not looking at vegan compared to vegetarian. So that's one thing that I would love to see more data on, because vegans are always getting compared to the standard American and showing reduction, but they're not directly being compared to vegetarians. So vegetarians get compared to standard American, vegans get compared to standard American, but there's not as much direct comparison of, is it better to go all the way vegan? But they still show that stepwise reduction. And again, when I say standard American, this is actually the standard Adventist diet that we're getting compared to, which is already pretty good. So we're looking at more reductions, and this one looked at the... Um, Sorry, and what the Beyond Meatless study showed was that vegetarian diets across all cohorts decreased your risk of of CAD, hypertension, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and reduced your BMI. Vegan diets had improved risk for some of those as well.
0: And again, this was a meta-analysis and it included 14 studies, um, eight of which looked at non-vegetarian to vegetarian diets and six of which compared vegetarian and vegan to non-veg. And it was over 100,000 subjects for six to 10 years. So not a ton of mortality during that time period, but a large patient number nevertheless. And um, some of the notable kind of subgroup findings, vegetarians overall had a lower BMI, which is not that surprising, a 55% reduced risk of hypertension and reduced risk of colon cancer uh, compared to non-veg. And then in the vegan subgroup, they showed uh, reduced all-cause mortality a 48% reduced risk of death from breast cancer in that specific subgroup, and lower incidence of type 2 diabetes. So um, they were actually able to tease out some specific disease states and benefits from eating vegan and vegetarian diets in this study.
1: One more study that we want to chat about today is was published in BMC Medicine, Meat Consumption and Mortality, Results from the European Perspective Investigation into Cancer and Nutrition. So this study was analyzing the results from almost 450,000 men and women, largely from the European Perspective Investigation into Cancer and Nutrition or the EPIC studies. Um, And it showed particularly, again, that processed meat is toxic. Um, And they ended up estimating that 3.3% of deaths could be prevented if all participants had processed meat consumption of less than 20 grams a day. So they're really hammering home that processed meat is bad. And the processed meat intake, it increased your risk, particularly for cardiovascular disease, just like in the Adventist studies, but also here increased your risk of cancer and other causes of death.
0: And this is a more representative population of typical meat consumption. It's a European population that is not in any way adherent to vegetarian or low meat consumption standards. And so I think that could be one reason why it showed a more robust impact of meat consumption, but the results are are pretty clear. And it's probably worth noting they did not see that same increased risk of all-cause mortality in this or the other studies for poultry and fish. And we'll get into those specifically later and, and eating them, but this really was red meat and processed meat in particular. Um, have consistently from study to study shown an increased risk of all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease, and cancer. And, and
1: that's why I just like to keep hammering sort of these studies and the findings home, because as a primary care doc, what I see all day every day is CAD, hypertension, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and patients worried about their cancer risk and what they can do to reduce it. Unfortunately, what they primarily want from me is more testing to prove that they don't have cancer or aren't at risk. And all the testing in the world will not actually affect your cancer risk. But what you put in your mouth three times a day can very much affect your cancer risk. So we really need to turn the conversation around as opposed to me telling a patient, if you get these 20 studies, you will be healthy. To me telling a patient, if you eat these 20 servings of whole grains over the course of the week, you will actually be healthy. And if you cut your processed meat intake from sausage at every meal, to sausage at a holiday only, you will be so much healthier than any test in the world I can do on you. So we really need to encourage providers to be willing to have these conversations because if we don't have the conversation, patients will never hear it from us and they'll be left with other sources as their best diet advisor. We really need to get doctors armed with the ability to have this conversation over and over 25 times a day, as many patients as you see, so that everyone is giving the same message processed meat is toxic red meat is very minimally better still pretty toxic like tracy said we'll hit on chicken and fish down the road but the real take homes processed meat is toxic it is not just something to avoid it is something to run from and make sure you're not eating um and whole grains are very very good for you so watch out for those patients telling you about low carb diets dig in deeper and find out if they're trying to avoid whole grains, because that may be actually killing them. And you wanna make sure that they're getting those things that are very healthy.
0: I think it's important to remember there are places that label processed meats as a carcinogen. Europe is quite progressive in this way. I think California might even be progressive in this way, right, so it's the equivalent of smoking, right? We all know smoking is bad eating pepperoni is just as bad as smoking. There is a known link that this is a carcinogenic substance. This causes cancer. So I think you can tell patients with some, you know, and now you have evidence to back it up when you tell patients, these are not just not good for you, they're actively harmful. And overall, the less- animal products you consume, and the more whole grains and fruits and veggies you consume, the better your health will be overall. And now you have the data to back it up.
1: So Tracy, what are you eating for breakfast tomorrow?
0: I've been really digging uh, a company called Picky Bars, and they make an oatmeal called Picky Oatmeal. And it's oats and chia and flax and a bunch of really healthy stuff, also with some raisins and a few chocolate chips. And I love that for breakfast. That does sound pretty good. Oh, and I I try to add a handful of nuts to pretty much any meal that I make. Um, So that's part of it, too.
1: Well, you turned me on to picky bars a few months ago, and that is my standard hiking snack. We're part of the picky club now. So they send us bars all the time and we just throw those into our packs. We always
0: eat that at the top of a mountain with a nice PBJ. So fantastic suggestion. I love their bars. They are my go-to. I'm also part of the Picky Club. We should probably put a shout out to them in our show notes in case anyone wants to try it. Um, Currently, we don't get any kickbacks from them, though I'll happily take a free shipment of the Fudge Nuts bars. Exactly. Um, That's my favorite too. So worth trying. And their granola is gluten-free, but not grain-free and is amazing and has a lot of other healthy, um, you know, flax and chia and stuff like that. So, Those are a great product for the busy professional who just needs something quick for a quick breakfast or snack. This is Tracy and Eden signing off. Less meat means less disease. Go have a happy plant-based day.